Hello, everyone, and welcome back into another amazing episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We have a fantastic show in store for you today. We have the playwright Andrew Samford talking with us today, whose upcoming show, Drunk Text Star Wars, is playing May 4th and 5th at 7 p.m. at one of our favorite spots, the good old Crane Theater. And you can get your tickets and more information by visiting frigid.nyc or by heading over to thedrunktext.com. And surely, I'm I'm sure you're all with me that we want to know more about this show. So with that, why don't we go ahead and bring our guest on. Andrew, welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Andrew. Again, it's always nice to talk to a fellow Andrew. I don't see you at a lot of the meetings, but that's okay. Maybe you're teleconferencing in. Um, <laughs> we just keep missing each other. I think it's it just happens, the time happens, difference. It no, it happens. And ever since they started doing an East Coast and a West Coast one, like it's you know, right. it's, it's, oh, and they threw in that uptown downtown time. It's been the worst. Oh, yeah, the worst, the worst, yeah. the worst. But I, I'm one so location, people excited Sorry. to have you here. I thank you. <laughs> I feel like maybe one of the things we should offer on stage whispers, like the bloopers, the outtakes, the before we start thing, because we've just been having a fantastic back and forth before we started. And I think it's a great lead into this amazing show that you have, Drunk Text Star Wars. The minute that that came across my email, I was like, (laughs) hold on, what are we doing to celebrate May the 4th? I have to know more about this. So could you please tell us a little bit more about this fantastic show? My pleasure. It's through Random Access Theater, which has been running for about 10 years now, founded by Victoria Teague, Jen Sandella, and Mike Gregoric. And they do a series of shows called The Drunk Texts, where we take classical texts or current texts made classical, and we do staged readings, and we play drinking games, the actors and performers and improvers and comedians and all these skilled people. We play drinking games while we're reading, and we play drinking games with the audience, and they are the drinking games are based in whatever show we're doing. I and like to I I believe this is the the two that are coming up. We have a hope renewed, which is my Shakespearean quote, I'm air quotes for the people listening version of episode four, A New Hope. And then Friday will be The Empire Striketh Back, which is my adaptation of, or it might be The Empire Doth Protest. I forget where we landed on that. But either way, it's the adaptation of Empire Strikes Back. There are a lot of talented writers that they get to do these adaptations. I've been lucky enough to do four of them, and they're just some of the most fun time you can have at a theater with Shakespeare, drinking with nerdy stuff. It's just, and just some really fun people. Oh my gosh, this is this sounds amazing. This is the exact kind of like let loose party show that's appropriate for the theater, of course. Yes, that yes, I yes. feel like we all need. And yeah. now you mentioned it was random access theater that you mm-hmm. partner with. So I'm just wondering between them and you, how did you all come up with this show, particularly the Star Wars show? So they had, I believe they had been doing some other Star Wars shows in the past, but I had I had met Jen bartending at Broadway theaters. It was specifically the Lyric Theater, and we hit it off very quickly. 
And I started as a performer for them and then pitched uh, the first show that I wrote for them was a Mer The Merry Busters of Ghosts, which was my adaptation of Ghostbusters, which we do semi-annually. Um, I adapted Halloween for them as All Hallows Eve in a nice uh Nice little take off of that. And then for the Star Wars shows, actually, Hope Renewed was written, I believe, about two months into lockdown in 2020. They wanted to, you can't keep those people down. So we did some Zoom shows to kick things off. And Hope Renewed was the first one. And it's been fun. I think they put it up on their feet for the first time last year. So we'll be get, getting to do it again, which is really exciting. And with Empire Strikes Back, I believe I wrote for them last year, and this will be our second time doing it. And it's just been uh, just an absolute blast. There's puppets, there's drinking games. Again, just some really funny people. I'm going to say puppets again, because puppets are great. Uh <laughs> I feel like we've, Loose got a we've had a lot of puppets on our show lately. I'm Yay. sensing <laughs> the niche in the, in the theater world coming back. <laughs> Finally, that is a really uh, good lead into my next question, which is what has it been like developing this show in particular? Oh, my God. Incredibly fun. I mean, when your homework is I have to sit down and watch Star Wars, it's it, it, it doesn't get much better than that. And with with these shows, I try to like, you know, steal from the best in this case being William Shakespeare and trying to uh, sprinkle in some things that I love about Shakespeare plays. So there'll be some moments where I believe in uh, Hope Renewed, R2-D2 speaks entirely in soliloquies that no one else can understand. There's things like that. There is. So like to the point where they'll just have to say like bleep, blop, bloop, and then finally someone will listen to them. I will work in some iambic pentameter pretty much across the board. And that takes a lot of, you know, just sitting there and it, really trying to measure things out a little bit more than I do with my other writing. I'm primarily a screenwriter. So with these, it's been fun to kind of, you know, work those muscles that I don't usually get to work and be a little bit more specific in what I want people to do. Now, don't get me wrong. Like I said, actors, comedians, improvisers, we work with these people because we trust what they're capable of and we trust what they're going to do with the material. But it's been really fun to write shows specifically for that and try to, when you're taking something like Star Wars or like Halloween or like Ghostbusters and you are filing it down to like 20 to 30 pages, it's actually a lot easier than it sounds. <laughs> because you have these movies that like, you know, the beats are the beats are the beats and there's not a lot of fat in those movies. So you can really just kind of shave it down, take out all the location shots and boom, you got a fun, a fun reading. And, you know, some scenes get left on the cutting room floor and some things get more attention than maybe they should. I, I got a real kick out of in uh, Hope Renewed. I specifically have the character of Porkins reflect on his name because I just think it's a mean thing to call an actor. Um, and I forget what his name, that same poor actor got another name in, uh, I want to say, oh, shoot, um, the Raiders of the Lost Ark, where they just George Lucas had something out for this guy. I don't know what it is, but he cast him as two characters where it's like, you're heavy. Uh, so it's just, you know, uh, but getting to play with those kind of things, getting to work in pop culture and getting to, it is the closest thing to 
just like having a bunch of people telling you what they think Star Wars is, but in Shakespearean language. So now is this the first time you've done the Star Wars with drunk text then this coming up May 4th and 5th? This is this will be the I was with them last year. We did they did them last year. I remember I I was Han Solo in Empire Striketh Back last year. And we've done them before, but since post lockdown is the first time that we have show the versions that are written in-house if that makes sense i think the versions they were using before were from someplace else that i'm not sure of. but um so they had me write up one specifically so they could own the product more or less so it, it it's the it would it'll be i believe the second time putting these particular versions up on their feet very cool okay yeah. so we, we've already seen kind of the the first take of it this is a little bit more revised it's right and it's also they um they have a rotating cast they have for instance the young woman who's playing princess leia this thursday i've worked with laura maura lefer she's hilarious and i've worked with her before years ago doing the ghostbusters shows but then she moved for a while so we've um there have been other there's just constantly actors coming in and out so you would be hard pressed to go to a drunk tech show and see the same show Yes, there will be the same script. Yes, some of the same beats will be hit, but the energy is always different and evolving and moving and everybody brings something different to the show. So there's always, you can, yeah, you'll just have a different time every time. I love it. A good reason to just go see it every single time. You see, you get it, Andrew. <laughs> now, this is just a, a really fun and exciting and, dare I say, just loosey-goosey out of the theater. But is there a message or a thought you're hoping the audiences take away from this show? 100%. And I think it's it's a message. One of the reasons I love Random Access Theater so much, aside from, again, the three founders, Mike, Jen, and Victoria, they want Shakespeare to be accessible. They want these classical texts to be accessible. They don't want it to feel like this stuffy stingy thing that like oh I'm, oh it's gonna be boring or it's gonna be this or it's gonna be that it's a rowdy good time that everyone can understand and we want people walking away going like shakespeare's not that scary it's not that weird it's not just because they're talking a little different doesn't mean that they are not conveying basic human emotion and and getting across themes that are universal like there is all these stories, especially Shakespeare stories, but the stories that we're adapting as well are popular for a reason. And I think what I love about the mix, the kind of parody aspect of things is it's it would hopefully be a window in for some people. Like I consider myself like a, 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 with an eclectic taste in pop music. Uh, I, but that being said, my intro to a lot of pop music growing up was through Weird Al, which maybe might not be like that, but it made, you know, when I would hear a polka mix for a lot or something, and then all of a sudden I would hear the song that he's making fun of on the radio. It's like this instant, like a nice little shorthand, and it might get me to listen to things I might not have listened to before. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> my final question for this first part of the interview is who do you hope have access to drunk tech Star Wars? Everyone and anyone who, and I was I was about to say anyone and everyone 21 or over, but to be perfectly frank, we have cast members that don't always drink. Uh, that happens. We have audience members that show up that don't always drink. 
we are a relatively clean show. Like you might like there's no swear words baked into the script. That being said, like, you know, some people might have a couple drinks and slip up here or there, but a lot of professionals up there. So that doesn't happen too often. So it's kind of it's for theaters for everybody, you know, and I think that's I, I, I know you've said that the, that's the message for this podcast, which I love. And I lo I know that Random Access has a very similar vibe where it's just we want everyone to be there. If we could do these scripts for schools like that would happen, you know, minus the drinking. But it's like there is I actually had a friend who lives in New Mexico, who's a school te teacher asking me at one point about the Shakespearean Star Wars script, just because it's again, it's you have it's how you or sorry, the Shakespearean Ghostbusters. It's how you break down those walls like it, it it's an easier connection and an easier uh, way for kids to understand as opposed to. You know, not that this doesn't work as well, but not everybody wants to see Romeo and Juliet right away. They might not they might not think it ha it applies to them at all. And, you know, maybe it will, maybe it won't. But I think having that kind of familiarity through a pre-existing property and again, adding a comedic spin just makes things more open and welcoming. And I think lets people know that, like, look, we take this seriously. But we're having fun. We're in the serious business of fun. And that's this is what it is. half of our interview i want to give our listeners a chance to get to know you a little bit better and i only wish our listeners could just see what i'm seeing i mean you you're in a banana shirt with this great batman poster behind you i mean and a simpsons shirt underneath just oh my gosh this is oh my clear. gosh this is incredible so i wish our if the first part wasn't a clear indication of just how serious serious you are <laughs> i'm hoping the second half will definitely maybe clarify that Thank you. Good, good. But good. I Don't want try. to let our listeners get to know you a little bit better. And I want to start by asking what shows or playwrights or composers have inspired you or are some that you love? Oh, boy. I, with playwrights specifically, I will be honest that I come through this, and I should have clarified this a little bit at the beginning. I am a playwright here for random access theater more often than not i am a screenwriter by trade and uh and director uh but i so i'll often find myself inspired writing wise by people like harold ramus is a big inspiration for me i actually have a, a picture of him above my desk right now <laughs> oh jeepers oh there was somebody else that i was just thinking of recently but i've always been inspired by the crew at it's always sunny in philadelphia and i love uh, rob mcclehenny and glenn howerton and charlie day caitlin olson of course she just doesn't write as much but i always love listening to them talk about how they break story and things like that and richard donner was a huge inspiration for me he was a writer director of the first superman film plenty of other things aside from that conspiracy theory goonies he was producer on lots of wonderful things and i remember one of the things that i took from him the most 
most. And I've I've been lucky enough to I directed a short film that I wrote a little a little over a year ago. And when I walked onto set, there was this idea, and I made this clear to everybody, and I got this from Richard Donner, which is that if anyone has an idea, if you have something to say, if we're working on a scene and you think you tell me. The worst thing that can happen is I can say no, and I've actually I actually had a teacher be like, "Never do that again." And I was like, "Well, no, look, it, it created a very collaborative environment on set, and I think that's really important. It's very important in the theater as well. So having that come through just made things like you know, I had the boom operator telling me that he felt involved, uh, like everybody from him to the lead actor. So it was. I think we got the best product because of that. So like, I will, I will always like to hold on to little nuggets like that to just try to make sure that everyone is having a fun, rewarding experience. I never want to be those kind of, and like, look, this could be unavoidable. I think we've all experienced this at one point or another, when you work on a creative medium, sometimes you're going to have a bad time. It just happens. But my goal is to avoid it. Like, look, if if things are falling off the wall or if the weather is, if all the things that are going wrong are just things that we can't control, that is what it is. But I do not want any of the trouble coming from people working together because that should be the most fun part is getting to talk and share and work with other creative people. Yes. Well, building on that, have you seen any great theater lately that you might be able to recommend to our listeners? Yes, I would. And I'm even more excited uh, now because it got a couple Tony noms today. One thing I will say I got to see in the fall was the new production of Piano Lesson. Uh, they're filming a movie of it right now. I thought that production was fantastic. I am very good friends with Mr. Ray Fisher, and I just always like to shout him up or shout him out whenever I possibly can. So y'all yeah, look up Ray Fisher if you don't know who he is already. You will eventually. He's incredible. That whole production was great. And then recently, oh, look, I didn't even do this on purpose. It's sitting right here. I saw Goodnight Oscar. My playbill's sitting right next to me. Y'all go see Goodnight Oscar. I absolutely loved that show. And a couple of, so I... A lot of work that I do to supplement my creative work has been theater bartending. I've been doing that pretty much since I got out of AMDA in 2009. So it's been something where off and on, if I need to make a couple bucks, I can go bartend at a Broadway theater. And I've gotten to meet some really incredible people over the years doing that. And a lot of that tends to come full circle. Now, I and I should have asked him about this ahead of time, but there is a gentleman in Goodnight Ask Oscar, which is the story of Oscar Lumet. Levant, thank you. Two kids. I've been up since seven. We went to the zoo this morning. It's been a long day. I, Oscar Levant is going to be on the Jack Parr show. Now, Oscar Levant is played by Sean Hayes, and Jack Parr is played by a gentleman named Ben Rappaport. Now, I met Ben bartending at a Broadway show at the Broadway theater. And I am 90% positive it was Promises, Promises, which starred Sean Hayes. Now, Ben was a water vendor at that time who got some, some success shortly thereafter and has just been a working actor ever since, and he's phenomenal. And Sean Hayes during Promises, Promises was one of the hardest working, especially at the time, celebrity actors that I think I have ever seen on Broadway. He 
worked every single show, which is very rare when you get a celebrity stand in on a show. Usually they have dates blocked out or they have things or things arise, whatever. Sean Hayes did every show until he got sick towards the end of the run and was out for a week. And yet he was still there at every single call trying to see if he was going to be healthy enough to perform that night because he cared that much. And when I tell you that that care and hard work and dedication is all over Good Night Oscar, I just, he, he gives a career defining performance. And I think it's something that people need to see. It is lived in. It is real. It is something that very could have easily could have been over the top and silly. And instead, oh, he's, he is captivating. Just absolutely incredible. So everybody go see Good Night Oscar. Oh, I and Fat Ham. I want to see Fat Ham. That's on the list. <laughs> Wonderful. What is your favorite part about working in the theater? The collaboration, definitely. There is something about being able to... I love rehearsal. I just love rehearsals. Uh, we don't get a lot for the drug texts, but uh, I actually acted in a play for Jen last year. And the rehearsal and getting down and like trying to figure everything out is just some of the most fun like with a lot of filmmaking we don't you don't get a lot of rehearsal time and you're again you hire people that you hope will be ready on the day but you don't get as much time to really live the text and experience it and stuff like that so i always love that what i will say because just to be i wouldn't say like more honest about it but i since i most of my theater work comes from broadway bartending I love, and I am a father now myself of two two-year-old boys, and even before that, but especially now, I love interacting with children who are excited to be at the theater. If it's their first Broadway show, even better. I, a few weeks ago, so I have some, as a Broadway bartender, you need some pocket lines, right? You need some things to keep the line moving, but also get the most out of the interaction that you're having with somebody and make sure that they feel special and they're having a good night at the theater, right? Some people can't be helped, so it doesn't always work, but most of the time you, you just get, people are there because they want to have a good time. And something that I will always say as a glasses wearer who was embarrassed about them growing up. If I see a child or anybody, I'm talking like 16 or younger with glasses, I say, hey, I love your glasses. Glasses weren't cool when I was your age, so please just consider yourself very lucky. They're cool now. People wear them for no reason. And I'll usually, I'll get like a smile or something. Sometimes I might be a little bit shy. If the parent has glasses, they'll be like, yeah, right. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just to try to make that kid feel better. And a few weeks ago, I had a gentleman that came to the bar several times, very nice guy. And the second time his daughter was with him and she was maybe eight or nine. I said, I love you because she had glasses. She had a nice little dress. Like I think it was her first time at a Broadway show. And I was like, I love your glasses, glasses. You know, I did my whole spiel and they walked away and I was like, oh, you know, didn't think much of it because I do it enough. But a few minutes later, a woman came back to order the same thing that that gentleman had ordered. And she said, my husband was here. I think he got this. And I was like, oh, it was your husband? And I described him. She said, yeah. And I was like, lovely guy. You're probably lovely too. Your daughter was very nice. Let me help you out. And she was like, oh, she's like, somebody told my daughter that they really liked her glasses. Was that, was that you? And I said, I was like, yeah, what? She was like, that's she was like, you made her night. People don't usually say things like that to her. And I wish people said stuff like that to her out in the world. So she said, she was like, that was good human stuff. And Andrew, I could have flown home that night. It was the, it was the greatest experience that almost had nothing to do with the theater, but was possible because we're in this communal space and we're in this place where I'm just like, look, 
I just want everybody to have a good time. Like I'm working, sure, but this job's gonna suck if I'm in a bad mood, and it's gonna your experience is gonna suck if I'm in a bad mood. So let's all be in a good mood together, and then things like that can happen. And I think just there's something really magical about children being in a theater and just feeling accepted and also just feeling excited to see something. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's an incredible story. And that's a perfect lead into my favorite question, which is what is your favorite theater memory? Oh, jeepers. All right, I'm going to cheat just a little bit, okay? That's just totally okay. I won't be checking your answers later. <laughs> I'm only going to cheat because it took place inside a theater, but I'm just going to say it. You know what? So I've um, one of the shows I was bartending at was Once. Um, if you ever saw just oh, one of the best friggin' shows that's ever come to Broadway. Absolutely loved it. And you know what? A movie adaptation. So there you go. When you try, <laughs> everybody played their own instrument. It was just incredible. That cast was oh, perfect. And at one point, I'm I'm walking down the stairs really fast, uh, as I usually did to go down into the lounge area to get ready for work. And I'm walking down those stairs and I stop at the bottom of the stairs and I see behind the merchandise booth the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, and I style like I stopped in my tracks. It has never that had never happened to me before. It has not happened since. And I don't think it will ever happen again. And I walked over to my friend and I was like, who is that behind the merchandise booth? Because I, I like, just, who, 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 who? And they were like, oh, that's Joy. that's joy. Like, and I I slowly started talking to her. And I, I I think I introduced myself later that night. I remember later on we did we connected when a gentleman came downstairs and we both thought he looked like the old man from home alone with the snow shovel. It was kind of this like we said it without saying it. And then when he was gone, we were like, Did you see that was right? And she and I just celebrated 10 years together dating this past March. Um, we got married about five years ago. We have two two-year-old boys. So that moment when I walked down those stairs is my favorite theater moment. I, I I think it's kind of indicative of what I love about theater the most is the people and the people that I've gotten to meet over the years. That includes some of my absolute best friends. They include my wife. They include you. I just get to you meet lovely people through theater, and I just... I would be lying if I said that anything, any other memory was more precious to me than that one. That is amazing. We love a great meet cute and congratulations <laughs> to you and your Thanks, wife. Bud. Thank you, bud. Amazing years, two amazing kids. They're pretty great. They're pretty great. It's a thing to have to show for it. That's a wonderful memory. Thank you so much for sharing that. My pleasure. My pleasure. And that story will soon be coming to Broadway next fall. And the movie <laughs> adaptation. Oh, no, Are there any other productions or projects you have coming on the pipeline that we might be able to plug for you? Sure. Um, so check out the shows on Thursday and Friday. Keep an eye on the Drunk Texts and Random Access Theater through. You can follow them on like all the socials. They're just they're just incredible. Um, I love them all dearly, and they do incredible work, and, and they do a lot of work. So there is something out there for people to see. I write for a website called pajiba.com, P-A-J-I-B-A.com. I cover their 
late night, which will be difficult with the writer strike today. But, <laughs> but you know, it is, it is. I support the WGA, Dagnabbit. See, I told you I was going to get one in there. And I, um, but check out Pajiba.com. There are just some, another incredible community of just in, oh, just phenomenally talented writers. So uh, and movie reviews, think pieces, just it's a really great website. So check that out. I have a short horror film that I wrote and directed called Pay the Tithe. That should be uh, that's finishing up its festival run right now, which is very exciting. And yeah, you can follow me on the, on the Twitter for as long as that exists at Sanford minus son. The name is no longer accurate. And then I've got work out there. There will be more stuff coming down the pipeline that I can't super talk about right now and it's one of those like some of it is fun vague and other the rest of it is like frustratingly vague so <laughs> the classic you know life of a life of a working artist <laughs> well finally if our listeners want more information about drunk text or about you maybe they want to reach out to you how can they do so you had mentioned your twitter handle mm -hmm. at sanford minus son uh yes, any sir. other ways you might, might want us to include I'm on Instagram at uh, half white son of a black man, which was a, a podcast that I used to host and the drunk texts, you can follow them on Facebook and you can follow them on Instagram as well. There's a page for drunk texts and random access theater. And pretty much the easiest way to get in contact with me is through Twitter. But if, you know, if you're smart enough to find my email, then you're able to then go ahead and email me because uh, it's out there, but I'm not just going to say it. But like, look, if somebody figures it out, then I'll, I'll probably respond. <laughs> well, Andrew, this has been an absolute blast. I, I thoroughly enjoyed our time together. I loved learning about drunk text. This is so my show. This is the perfect night out, the perfect Thursday and Friday uh, yeah. night out. Let's be real. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm just, I've been loving getting to know you and all these amazing stories and things you have to share. So thank you for coming on Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper and sharing them. We really appreciate it. Andrew, it was my absolute pleasure. You've been a blast. Like I said, we hit it off right from the jump. So let's talk more soon. Let's not this. Let's not have this be a fleeting podcast interaction. Yes. Um, let's chat. Let's keep talking. You're the best. Thank you so, so much for having me. Thank you. My guest today has been the playwright Andrew Samford, whose upcoming show, Drunk Text, Star Wars, is playing May 4th and 5th at 7 p.m. at the good old Crane Theater. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting frigid.nyc or by going to thedrunktext.com. We're also going to be posting uh, all this information as well as some contact information for Andrew on our episode description as well as on our social media. But make sure you celebrate Star Wars Day and the day after down at the crane by seeing Drunk Text Star Wars by Andrew Samford. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. Okay.
If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.